0: everyone and welcome on in to betting the high line your go-to destination for all of your picks parlays plays and analysis around the beautiful game i'm thomas fiola joined as always he's not in bogota he's in arizona this week none other than taylor wilson taylor how are you
1: doing today Great to be back, Tom. Uh, what off season, right? You know, uh, the NFL goes like a four-month season and then has, you know, a few pre-camps and stuff, but has like seven months off. Soccer, complete opposite. Some of these guys, a week or two off. We're not taking much time off. We're getting right back into it. And uh, frankly, actually, we've taken much more time off than the players themselves. So uh, here we are, though, back on the pod. And uh, yeah, this season completely, it always does sneak up on me a little because it starts pretty early in August. But this one really snuck up on me.
0: I was like, oh, geez, the Premier League starts tomorrow. Yeah. What, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> uh, of course, Literally. of course, we 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 did take a little more time off than some, but we're going to be going back to weekly now moving forward as we have the season up and running again. And, I mean, we got to start off talking about the fact that Arsenal already in midseason form with a 2-0 loss to Brentford, just starting right off the bat, disappointing <laughs> the fan
1: base. Love to see it. The thing with Arsenal for years was, ah, oh, remember the Invincibles? Remember 2002, Thierry Henry, Bird Camp, perfect team, undefeated. Now they're celebrating getting fourth place every year. Well, Arsenal fans would be dreaming of a fourth place finish at this point. They're not going to be sniffing anywhere close to that. You can tape me on that. You can make fun of me if it happens. It ain't happening. Arsenal's going to have another miserable year. They have a few kids who I like, who I think are going to have nice careers, but they are in this mix right now of so few players in the prime of their career, Tom, a few promising youngsters. They've gotten some of the old guys out. And I, I just, you know, <laughs> the, the Obama Yang thing isn't great. He didn't even play in this Brentford game, nor did Lacazette. But Obama Yang fell off a cliff last year with the goals. You know, we expect good things from Bukayo Saka. Some of these things are fun. But that's what you say about a team like, I don't know, Brighton, right? Like you look through and you're like, oh, there's a couple of players who I like here or there. Not a team with a 65,000 all-seater in North London with, you know, supposedly shiny ambitions, but I, I, they're not going to meet them again this year, Tom. And what a terrible start as they lose to Brentford uh, to start the season.
0: And obviously, like you said, no Aubameyang, no Lacazette, Balogun gets the start for them, plays terribly which is really unfortunate for some, to see for someone who's a dual national with the United States when we desperately need a striker, and he's sitting in the 60th minute with 13 touches in the game. But th- you're right. This team is not good at soccer or football, <laughs> either one. Their they, point total at Westgate, 62 and a half going into the season. They're not going to hit that.
1: There's just no way. No, I I think they're going under. And I would have said that, by the way, before the Brentford game. Uh, I I said that to a fellow member of the Bookett Sports family, Jeff Parles, when we were talking about these numbers a week ago. They hit an over on that, Tom, on 62 and a half points, 24 years in a row until the last two seasons (laughs) when they went well under. And I just don't think they're significantly better than either of those teams from the last two years. They're big business in the offseason going out and getting Ben White. Great. I like Ben White, nice player. I think it's especially good that they're upgrading Ben White from David Luis. I think that's an improvement. Uh, And it's certainly part of this whole youth movement. They're extending contracts for Emile Smith-Rowe and Kieran Tierney. I think that's the right thing to do. But the problem with this business is a guy like Mikel Arteta, he's already had the lean years. He's already had the years where it's like, we have to see what you can do first and there's no pressure. Now the pressure is on and he's still in the middle of a rebuild project. In fact, pretty early I would argue, in a rebuild project. He's going to need two or three years if this is going to be a true like academy youth filled movement. He's going to need more than just this season to figure it out and the reality of this business Tom is you don't have that long of a leash ever at any of these clubs. So I don't know how much longer he lasts. I don't know how much pressure Cronky, you know, we we know that Stan Cronky himself probably has barely any idea what's happening with the team but whatever member of the Cronky family is in charge uh I, I don't know how much longer they're going to give Arteta and I can tell you this the fans are only going to give him so long friend of the show Nick Kenyon says that he's out by October <laughs> mid-October <laughs> wow wow okay well we always think of you know January February as the kind of the mid-season change point so uh October is is early that's impressive
0: I mean, I, I personally think he doesn't survive the season. I think that they hit the panic button and move on from him at, as soon as that midway point in the season, give, bring in a new manager and another transfer window and just repeat the cycle. Because they're about to be, they, they are mired in mediocrity at this point. This team is going to perpetually try and do the quick fix. They're not going to take the time for a rebuild because they feel like they're arsenal and they're supposed to be better than this. And so they're just going to start cycling through the same old managers, trying to find someone to take them to take them to the heights that they're not going to give them the time to get to. And I mean, well, let's
1: face it. At this point, this is a club battling relegation now. They're in the zone right now, Taylor. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a terrible take. Uh, there's going to be some bad teams down there at the bottom that'll probably help them survive. But yes. that's about as, that's the best you could say, literally, for Arsenal this, right now. Th- this is a mid-table
0: club this season, I feel like.
1: No, it is. It's a true mid-table club. And it's a, it's a mid-table club with big club, kind of arguably super club debts right now. Like, they're increasingly getting into rough financial shape. We saw what happened with Barcelona and Lionel Messi. There are teams across Europe right now that are in those situations after this pandemic. And I I don't know if the average fan is aware how dire it's going to get in a hurry for a club like Arsenal, for example, to miss European competition again, which they're going to, I don't even think you can make the case for Europa league at this point for Arsenal this season, they just took out another huge loan from Barclays to pay back another big loan from the bank of England. This club is not in good shape financially right now, and they're not in much better shape on the field.
0: Yeah. When you're revolving debt, you know that that's a bad sign um, let's move straight down the board here. You guys are going to see the pattern in which we go through these teams in a second. Aston Villa up next 49 and a half is their point total at Westgate at DraftKings. They sit at, let's take a look here, 150 to one to win it all this year. Much more reasonably here. Let's take a look. They sit at eight to one at William Hill to be relegated. Where are we putting Villa? I personally think they're going to be one of those clubs that's, Gonna get just enough. They're going to survive.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, neither of those bets on the extreme are good plays. I don't think there's enough value on on eight to one relegation. I don't think there's uh, obviously any chance that that one fifty hits. Although, hey, let's put a buck down as a show and see what happens. Uh, like some of those Leicester betters a few years ago. But I, I will say on these points, forty nine and a half. They finished with forty six last year. They finished in eleventh. So that's an under. You know They're going to have to overperform from last season in order to hit the over in a year in which they lost Jack Grealish. So just on surface level, it seems like that wouldn't be the play. But I actually liked a lot of their business uh, here over the last few years. In fact, I like their business a lot to build the team around Grealish. I think it's a huge reason why Grealish had his, I would argue, his best season ever last year when he wasn't hurt. Uh, And a lot of those same guys are going to continue this time around. They also went out and got Emiliano Buendia. They went out and got Leon Bailey, who, you know, has had this topsy-turvy career where he could barely kind of make it at Leverkusen after a lot of hype, got basically booted out of the Jamaica national team, but is still a dude who at one point as a teenager had a lot of hype around him. They're proactive. You know, they're using that Grealish money to reinvest. They knew eventually they were going to lose him and it doesn't make it any easier for the fans, you know, Predictably, there were people last year who called him like the most loyal guy ever who are now saying that he was never worth anything. You know, it was never quality at all. This is how it works with fans. Uh, It's a tough loss. There's no other way to to phrase it losing Grealish. I do like how they've built for a team on that end of the table, right? They're going to be in the back end of the table again. How many points? I think I'm probably a little bit more bullish on them than you are, Tom, as far as you say, yeah, barely survive. I think they'll survive pretty comfortably. Uh, But that's about all you can say for them. I would lean over on this, actually, an improved point total from last year because I think if Grealish had stayed healthy the entire season, they would have been cleanly over on this, maybe into the mid-50s. And I liked a lot of those guys that they built around him. So this wouldn't be a a hard touch for me, but I do think they lean over – probably get into the low fifties and hang out right around the back mid mid table, somewhere around there. I I could see the same, I could see the same points,
0: but I I, I like them under, I I think that they'll still be in that 12 to 15 range of not really not, not in a relegation battle. They're not going to be threatened, but I don't, I don't see them improving on a point total in a season where they now don't have Grealish and yes, they did reinvest the money, but that's a big loss and I don't think that the reinvestments they made although it nice to have a little bit wider of a, of a spread there are going to get them over that same hump so I'm gonna I'm gonna play them under here
1: all right yeah I think a, a slight under for you a slight over for me um, and, and you know, we'll talk about man City in a second but be, be very interesting always is I, you know I said the same thing when Marez went there. Grealish is not an automatic starter at Man City because it's going to be this like rotated role, which is just insane to think about when he was like, you know, one of the five or six best players in the league last year when he was healthy.
0: Indeed, it is absolutely insane to think about. And City still wants Harry Kane. I know. (laughs) know. (laughs) There's no there's no way they're getting him. Tottenham says they don't want to sell. Um, He apparently wants to move there, but is not doing anything to force it. So he, I, I fully believe that he plays with Spurs this season, but we'll get to them in a minute because right now let's talk about the heroes of the hour. Brentford, their point total sits at 39 and a half. Obviously we saw, uh, do you think this was the flash in the pan? Was this the result of being able to play against Arsenal or is this going to be the
1: surprise team this season? I think it has much more to do with Arsenal than Brentford. No disrespect to them. Fantastic to see them up in the prem with fans, by the way, Tom, this is part of this season too. We're going to get those atmospheres back, which is really exciting for the smaller teams. I would argue more than anyone, you know, because that's what gives intrigue to a Burnley Brighton game. Otherwise, you know, b- b- behind closed doors, no one wants to watch that you throw fans in. It becomes a little more interesting. I think that's the same with a team like Brentford who comes up, but with the newly promoted, the question always has to be, uh, are they going to go straight back down or are they going to survive? I think you need to be looking at possible relegation plays. I'm not sure if I would bet uh, Brentford to go back down necessarily. Even and exactly. You're not getting a great price. We've talked about on the show, like for a season long future, especially something like the premier league, that's nine and a half months long do you want an even money bet? I, I don't know. I mean, it, there's just other things to do in life, uh, including in this gambling world than doing that, but I don't think it's a terrible play. Um, just really quick. I, I crunched some numbers last night, Tom, on, on the relegation stuff over the years. And I, you know, this isn't going to tell you who to bet, but just something to think about. If you're thinking about a relegation ticket um, out of the newly promoted in the 39 seasons that we've now seen from the premier league, on average get relegated after coming back up. So one of those three teams that get promoted uh, and change, you know, close to one and a half, go right back down. Only one season ever where all three got relegated. That was in 97, 98, where Bolton, Barnsley, and Crystal Palace uh, all went back down. And there have been three seasons out of the 39. So that's a one out of 13 average uh, with zero where all three, of the newly promoted survive the vast majority, either one or two. So just, if you're thinking about relegation tickets, just keep that in mind. Don't put all three to go back down. Don't put none to go back down. Think about one of the newly promoted will almost always go back down Norwich. They have a lot of guys with experience in this league Watford less so, but a few, both of those clubs have recent experience in the league. Um, And Brentford does not. So that would be my only case with them very little experience just in terms of the total minutes with guys in this league. It's a very championship heavy team with a few reinforcements that they brought in over the summer. So yes, that's a long way of saying, I do think it was a flash in the pan. I don't think we're going to see them be consistent giant killers this year. And even if they are, I think they're going to lose consistently uh, to teams right around them that they need to beat in those six pointers in the relegation race. So I would lean Brentford going back down, very exciting for them to start the season like this. But again, like you say, even money, I'm not going to bet it. As far as the points themselves, thirty-nine point five. I think that that number is right about correct. I don't like either side of it.
0: I I I, I like the over honestly Ooh. for this team. Over I, and survival, Tom. Over and survival. That. Okay, I, I'm I'm playing them over wow. and to survive. That's what I've got here. Um, I think that they, yeah, they are the le- less experienced side of the three premier of the three newly promoted teams. But I think that they have a chance to be a little bit better than what, we, than what we're going to see out of some of these other sides. And quite frankly, I think that there is a lot of trash that is ready to be taken out that's been in the Premier League for a little while. I do think that one of the newly promoted teams get, uh, goes back down. I don't necessarily think it's Bradford. I think they're going to pull off a uh, Huddersfield-like miracle and just barely survive for the year.
1: It's a good point you made, Tom, and it might throw a wrinkle in my whole, like, let's look at the numbers over the 39 years uh, take, because there are a few teams that are just kind of dropping down, right, uh, from the middle of the table that just have not gotten better. Burnley is the obvious example, and we'll talk about them in a second, but Crystal Palace, I think, will be worse. Uh, You know, Southampton, a team that I had a lot invested in last year, I don't think will be good. You know, Brighton will be worse and we'll talk about them here right now. But um, so that's the argument for any of those teams for Norwich or, or Watford also that they could survive is that there is some garbage that's kind of dropping its way down for the last few years. Honestly,
0: this could be that first year that we see all three teams stay up. I It's it, it, uh, obviously not the first time ever, but on average, this could be a year where we see something weird like that, but let's talk about Brighton 42.5. Their point total here. We're not even going to touch them to, uh, to win it all this year. Let's talk about them instead to get relegated. They're seven to one.
1: Fascinating number. I mean, that is real value right there, man. That is real value. Um, I, for all of these teams, I think they will be, like I mentioned, they'll be excited to get some fans back. It's a huge boost for these teams at that end of the table but you can make that argument for all of the squads around them. And I think that would actually be more of a benefit for like a Newcastle or even a Southampton uh, to have fans back uh, more so than a Brighton. no disrespect to our, our Hove army listening right now. Um, I, I don't mind that at all, Tom. I really don't. I, I increasingly, as I tend to do on this show, as I'm thinking it out aloud, actually quite like it. They lost one of their best defensive players and they were a defensive team in Ben White he didn't really like any of their new reinforcements. I mean, I they mostly went out and got free transfers, which isn't a great uh, sign. Yeah, seven to one. I, I, I look at the very least that numbers off. I think we both agree with that, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at last season for them, and the they had thirty. They finished with forty-one points and a minus six goal differential, which was actually significantly better than anyone else all the way up to all the way up to Aston Villa in 11th get going down from 12th to 20th here. Your goal differentials were Newcastle minus 16 Wolves minus 16 Palace minus 25 Southampton minus 21. Wow. Southampton really finished in 15th. I didn't even notice how far they dropped.
1: Brighton minus I can't even six. joke. About it. I'm so angry still. I'm so angry about that whole
0: <laughs> They were in fourth. Like what? They, they third. were they, they were in top Tom, 3. They were in
1: third in October. Now I know <laughs> the season started later last year, but they were in third in October in the Premier League. Yep. Continue. But
0: Brighton then Brighton then minus 6 and then you got Burnley minus 22, Fulham minus 26, West Brom minus 41 and Sheffield of course minus 43. Like I, I Brighton to me is the team that ha- really got unlucky last year and has a better chance than a lot of these other garbage teams to still stay up? I'm not really interested in them. I- I'm not really interested in them to go down. And I think that 42 and a half points is something that they can they-, they can achieve that if they just get a couple more bounces their way this season. And again, with a lot more
1: trash starting to seep towards the bottom in this league this year, I'm taking them over. I want absolutely nothing to do with those points. 42 and, and a half is really tiny as a number, right? So like taking the under, God be with you. But I just don't like, I mean, look, Bryden has been for multiple years now, basically on this show, the team that I've avoided I'm, week to week. By the way, I, I'm, I'm giving an over under on every team.
0: I'm just going to do it. The, for me, this is going to be just prediction straight through.
1: Yeah, why not? Uh, and, and hopefully uh, we'll be on the other end. Like we've been on all of these so far. Um, I just, again, like, I think that number is probably about right. I think they finished right around there, but I, you cannot go under very hard to go under a 42 and a half, unless you think that they're going to be truly garbage. I just don't think they got better. Tom, I just don't think they got better is what it comes down to. And I didn't love them last year. I know there was some XG stuff that people pointed to. I would argue though, that if you don't get better in this league, the teams around you tend to get better, and you tend but to get worse. they didn't this year,
0: and I, I, so, I, I do, I, I right. do so think the, that the being COVID said, stuff
1: where no, no one's done good business, right? So that, yeah, that ends up being the counter. But I don't know, man. I, and, I just, I don't, I didn't and, like this team to begin with, right? So, I don't, why would I like them now? I, I, I agree with you there. I'm leaning more towards the expected
0: goal stuff. The other thing that we definitely do have to look at there to give you an idea of just how putrid the bottom three were last season. They finished with 28, 26, and 23 points, respectively. That was Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield. Going back the last three seasons here, you had Burnmouth, Watford, and Norwich go down. They finished with 34, 34, and 21 points, respectively. So, bottom had fewer, but everybody else had significantly more. Cardiff, Fulham, and Huddersfield were 34, 26, and 16. And then before that, Swansea, Stoke, and West Brom, 33, 33, 31. What you're looking at is last season's point totals were just significantly lower across the board for the bottom three teams. So I do think that I do think that we don't see three teams on that level this season.
1: Right, but wouldn't that, wouldn't that, that case could just as easily go against Brighton? I do, I do agree right. with that. I'm just stating a fact. No, that's fair. That's fair. I um, yeah. I mean, all this stuff when the relegation conversation happens, it's all it ha- The context matters because of all the teams around them. None of this stuff happens in a vacuum. Every season is different, right? It's the same with the champions at the top. We don't know the point total that's going to win the EPL ever. It's not like oh, if you get to this, you get to it. Now at relegation, I mean, Man City may well, Man City may well hit a hundred this season. <laughs> We'll see. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I, at the bottom, what everyone always says, the, pro, the pro, proverb is if you get to 40 points, you're safe. And the stats usually back that up. Last year, Brighton just did it, got to 41 and ultimately survived by a lot more because of what you mentioned, the bottom just completely falling out of the league. And I don't think that happens again, though, right? So that would be worse for Brighton for the record but I, I look
0: i agree with you there i just don't think that brighton is the team that's going to get affected by right. this the most like well, i that said that could be the right that yeah. i
1: understand
0: and and you are completely right no team has been relegated with 40 points uh going back to 2009
1: there you go have do you have it in front of you if that's ever happened no or no okay
0: i, you don't, just, I you don't know
1: yeah yeah only yeah. only back to 09 Got it. Got it. Yeah. But I know if it has happened before, very, very rare. You know, if you get to 40, it might be close, but usually you're good. And it's yeah. Like, um,
0: uh, let's see. 2010, 2011, Birmingham, Blackpool, West Ham, 39,
1: 39 and 33. Heck, 39, 39. I love that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it, can, it can get right up against that number. Um, it, it
0: can, but that's also the only time that that's happened. Well, so 40 right. points, you will be safe. I think Brighton gets there. Um, I, again, the expected goals, a lot of other teams coming down, including one that let's talk about right now, Burnley, 38 and a half. I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, like let's take a look at these numbers because Burnley is sitting at plus 225 to go down. I'm not actually going to take that because I'm not taking a plus two twenty five future on a nine month season. But they're going down. This team, give me under and give me relegated for Burnley.
1: Uh, you know, I would just much rather a plus seven hundred Brighton and prices in that range, just in terms of value. I uh, look, um, I agree. It's not
0: a bad number. I'm just on the other side for Brighton.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I get that. I I think there's a very good chance that Burnley goes down. I think that number is probably like the correct uh, price. They're just Um, buns. I just well, they but but here's the thing, Tom. (laughs) They've been buns and they've survived, they've found ways to survive. They are the they are the cockroaches that you cannot kill. And a lot of that goes. Look, I continue to give Sean Dyche a ton of credit. This is a really hard league to survive. If you make soccer something that is unwatchable, so be it. You find ways to survive. And they have, and they did it last year in a season where Nick Pope was actually hurt a lot. And he's, you know one of the best keepers in the league. I would argue one of the better keepers in the world. And he's their one star asset. They don't have anyone else on the pitch that you can point yep. to, but you can point to Pope to bring you 10 saves and pull out a ridiculous nil nil draw or one nil win. And if he's healthy, he's been back training. If he's back, that's actually an improvement. That's like getting a new player because he missed some time last year. Now, fascinating number. They finished with 39 last year and then 17th. I mean, you talk about surviving by the skin of your teeth. That is a number that, as you've mentioned, maybe in a season or two before would have dropped them down. Uh, Can you be much worse than 39? That's the problem. And you can, but, you know, I think they'll be right around there again. It just depends on what the number is, where the math works out in terms of the drop zone. I don't like them for an over-under just because taking an under 38.5, I mean you have to be atrocious to hit that under and Burnley could, they absolutely could. I just don't want to bet it. Um, as far as fall, falling down, they probably would be one of my three choices to get relegated. Um, I just, you know, a season long bet at 225, not my favorite type of play, uh, but Hey, it's still profit at the end of the day. And I do think, you know, again, we talk about a team, if I'm going to say about Brighton, I didn't like them to begin with, and they didn't do enough in the transfer business to, appease me i'm certainly saying that about burnley so um yeah i, I think they'll be right in that mix to go down
0: I, I again yeah i completely agree i completely agree with you i think they are quite trash we'll have to we'll have to see what happens but they are definitely one of my teams to go down here and i'm locking them in under 38 and a half let's move to the other side of the spectrum the first thing that's actually good on our board here we have your boys Chelsea, the fighting Pulisic, 75 and a half points.
1: Is this the season, my friend? Champions of Europe, we know what we are. Super Cup champions, we know what we are. Kepa Balaga is back. Hero that we do not deserve. And Chelsea will probably just fall short of winning the title this year. I think, Tom, is where my head is at on this. I think they'll be in the conversation. I do. I think they'll be right there in it. The Lukaku thing is the biggest part of everything. You finally get someone to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, And, you know, last time Lukaku with Chelsea didn't go that well. He went out to multiple loan spells. We saw him underperform at Man United, too. And then we saw him go to Italy and be one of the best goal scorers in the world. So which version is Chelsea going to get out of Lukaku? I think that is the biggest fulcrum, one way or the other, as far as what Chelsea's ceiling is this year. I think
0: you get, I think you get the Everton interversion of Lukaku. I think that this is who he is now. He needed to go out there, have that change of scenery and really figure it all out. And I think he's done that. He is going to be a great player for you. Um,
1: at what point Pulisic has to start over Timo Werner at one point, right? It's going to be a rotation, man. This is the thing. Like he's got to
0: start cracking the starting lineup. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree. Um, I didn't, so he, Pooley's been a weird player for Chelsea, though, where he does often look better off the bench. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense, but he does often look better off the bench. Now, you know, Timo, how many times can I be a broken record on this? He does the running. He does all the stuff that you would commend a seven-year-old doing on a soccer pitch, but he doesn't do what he's paid to do, which is, you know, crucial final third passing and goal scoring. And he's improved a little bit on the former. His passing in those areas has gotten better. But we have a ton of guys. Chelsea have a ton of guys who can do that. That's not why Timo was brought in. So let's not make any mistake. It is because of Timo's failures that Chelsea then had to go out and get Lukaku on a purely business-wise terrible piece of business. They bought him for a lot more than they sold him for. I mean, it's just I've said this before with Chelsea. If they were... Uh, without Abramovich oil money, they would be in league one or league two at this point with some of the financial decisions they make, but it ends up working out. And in the Tuchel era, I have a lot of faith, Tom. So ultimately, as far as Chelsea's dealing, they're still going to have to put the ball in the back of the net more than they did last year. Truly astonishing still that this team won the champions league without a real striker. You know, they get a Kai Havertz winner on a counter-attacking goal to beat man city one nil in the final because of a defensive master class and i think there will be a few games this season tom where that's going to be the case again you know like if lukaku is not on 100 percent, that's the worry but as you say if he is that interversion everton version i don't think that's going to happen and chelsea very well could be right there with city you know how many points are they going to have to be to be a real title contender in the nineties, it's going to be really high. And I'll tell you this, it's certainly going to be higher than 75 and a half points, which we have here on the chart, 67 points last year. That would be a, what you do the math, nine point improvement. I think they're capable of it, especially when you consider that a lot of those points last year, were still in the Frank Lampard era of things uh, when the defense needed a lot of fixing, which Tuchel did, I think Chelsea hits the over pretty cleanly on 75.5 points. I think they get at least 80. If they want to win the title, they probably need 90 plus. If Lukaku scores 25 goals, maybe they get there. Uh, But to me, that's still a bit more of an if maybe than you think, Tom. I think the Lukaku factor with him coming back into things. Um, But otherwise, you know, I still love this team. I love the midfield with Conte and Jorginho. Jorginho, you talk about a dude coming off about as good of a season as you can have in terms of, of silverware. Winning the Euros, winning the Champions League, and now he throws the Super Cup onto the shelf as well. So shouts to Jorginho, a player I have been hypercritical of for years with Chelsea. I'm so sorry, Jorginho. Thank you very much. Chelsea currently
0: sitting at plus 450, their second favorites to hoist the trophy this season. I, I, love, what they've, I love what they've done with the place. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how it turns out. They're not going to win the title. I don't, I don't want any part of it at plus 450. I'm sorry, but it, it, we, we know who's winning the title
1: this season. So is that mostly the number, Tom, or are you just that confident in City? Like if I, if I give you a 10 to 1 right now, if I say, hey, Tom, Tom, 10 to 1 Chelsea, you taking it? Yeah, I'll burn
0: that money. Like okay. you're, getting, you're giving me 10 to 1 on the team that should be the second most picked team to win the, cha- to, to win the, to win the league this year. Uh, I'm taking them 10 to 1 for sure. That being said, They're not doing it. No, no one. We'll, 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 we'll get to
1: that. We'll get to that point. Yeah. When we talk about city, we'll get to that. But I, I, I lean to agree is what I'll say for now. Let's move down
0: to crystal palace. Now, definitely back to the other end of the spectrum sitting at 37 and a half points. And let's take a look. Not even going to bother with their, uh, their plus plus one seventy-five to be relegated. And who cares what they are to win the title. This team, Taylor.
1: They're going down. Book it. They're one of my three relegated. I love that, Tom. I really like it a lot. I We are in full agreement on that. They, I think they will be awful. They might be the worst team. It's not terrible. Now, the problem with the points total number is the books were all over that, 37.5. I, it's another light. Like, we talked about this with Burnley. Taking an under 37.5, I mean, they very well could. And I think actually they will hit the under on that, if I'm being honest. It's just, ooh. That is a low number. (laughs) That is a very low number, and especially for a team that, you know, they finished 14th on 44 points last year. So that you would need a 7-plus point uh, decrease from them. That's two and a half games worth of points to hit that under. could totally happen. I just, you know, this is another team. Like Brighton last year, Palace was a team I tried avoiding basically every week when we were doing the game-to-game stuff. They lose Andros Townsend. OK, fine. But I just the guys they have, of course, Patrick Van Anholt is gone also just running down the list of names. Um, I, I don't know who the kind of like talismanic star figure here is going to be. Um, sorry, hold that thought. Zaha, is he, you know, can he stay healthy even if he does for all 38 games? Is that enough? I really don't think so. So I would lean under even on a 37.5. And I definitely think they're going down. Uh, the number, the price that you had, Tom, it's not even two to one. So, again, it's our, it's our, our pride, really, that speaks when we say we don't want to take a plus 175 for a year. We don't want to, you know, it, it's, it's a nine and a half month bet. So you want a little bit more on it than that. But I do think they go down. We're in full agreement on that.
0: All right, Taylor, let's move on to my boys, Everton. The Toffees sit at 52 and a half points right now. I think this number has actually moved because I'm pretty sure they opened in the 59 range. I have not been this unexcited for an Everton football season since I don't even know when I have zero aspirations for this club this season. Um, They did nothing of note in the transfer window manager. They obviously obviously lost Carlo Ancelotti bring in Rafa Benitez, who's absolutely hated by a large portion of the fan base. (laughs) Um, this team has done absolutely nothing to inspire any confidence. Hamas Rodriguez, I don't even know if he's interested in playing football at this point. He had a very tumultuous offseason. Richarlson had the opposite of a tumultuous offseason, going out and just playing in every competition imaginable. This man had no, we took a much longer break. From podcasting than Micharlison did from playing <laughs> soccer. He was in he was in every cup. I, I was amazed we didn't see him in the gold cup somehow. That <laughs> that dude just did everything for Brazil this season, which scares me because that means now he has to come back to another long Premier League season with no break. They sit at 52 and a half points. There is no way this team is going to excite people and get and, and get to the top six, which is why I'm absolutely taking this team over their point total and saying they finish 7th because this team is going to do just enough to make us believe and make us think something good's going to happen and then the bottom's going to fall out at the end. I've seen this story way too many times. Last season their point total looking back, they ended up in 10th place with 59 points. That's exactly where they're finishing this season right in that neighborhood. Give me them over their point total but they are not coming close to top six at the
1: end. So we joked before we came on about Richarlison's busy summer and, you know, the fact that we'll probably see Richarlison just already play Everton's first game and James doesn't even start for another three months. Yep. I I don't, there's just weird stuff simmering under the surface at Everton right now. And I I don't, you know, there's the identity question, the I word pops back in. I I, As an Everton fan, I can understand why you feel that way with kind of not being excited about this team because you're a year away from a a summer where there were actually some pretty exciting transfers made and there was a lot of excitement about the enchilada era and James Rodriguez coming in. And then Everton starts out last season with, I believe, seven wins on the trot. Everyone thought Dominic Calvert-Lewin was, you know, the second coming of 90s (laughs) Ronaldo, like was playing out of his mind. And then everything came to a standstill as the season really picked up and ultimately they finished smack in the middle. I just think that points number is a little bit low. You know, you mentioned the over I'm thinking the over as well, just because, you know, are they seven or eight points worse than last year? Probably not. I think the books are looking at that as I mentioned earlier, as a team that doesn't really do much business to bring guys in, is that regression automatically? Maybe. You know, when teams around them have built a little bit, but like you said earlier in the in the show, Tom, there haven't been that many splashy transfers for anyone. You know, it hasn't been that kind of a summer for many clubs. Obviously, it is the year that we've seen Messi move for the first time in our yeah. lives and, and Chelsea gets Lukaku. So there are exceptions. But for a lot of the Everton's of the world, right, it's been a little bit more limited in what they've done and what they've been able to do there's so many question marks for me with this team. Um, and yet I think we get the answer at the end. That is, there'll be the more of the same right in the middle. I fully agree with you. I don't know what the whole Benitez thing fascinates me. Like you say, tons of Everton fans despise him. Lots of kind of Everton media were not on board with the move. And yet Rafa Benitez has done some pretty legendary things in English soccer in his time granted for Everton's rival uh, Liverpool. So, We'll see what happens. You know, Everton continues to have big manager names that might be a little bit past their prime in their career. So uh, I who what could go wrong this time? Exactly. What could possibly go wrong? I I just
0: maybe that, that's my thing. I think that they're reverse psychology in us here. And it's you've had you've had the big names come in, you've had the splashy transfer signings, you've had the reasons to get excited. And when's it worked out for Everton? This time, there's no excitement going into the season. Absolutely no hype whatsoever. So maybe this is the year that they actually pull something off. I still think that they'll make it look good and then eventually sputter out and do what they always do. This team is the perpetual almost their team of the league. They never quite crack it. All right. Let's move on and talk about a team that actually did do a lot of surprising in a good way last season. We got Leeds United. They sit at 53 and a half. They finished with 59 and one spot above Everton last year. Can they do it again?
1: I think I I would caution Leeds fans from being kind of too obsessive about trying to turn ninth place into a Europa League campaign. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think often, logically, it seems like that would happen, right? That they would take a step forward. And they, you know, they were this, really, they were one of the most exciting stories in, in the Prem last season. And I think they'll be exciting to watch again. I, I totally think they will continue to be giant killers. I think we'll see them knock off some big teams, especially as Elon Road gets fans back. It'll be very, very exciting for them as a good home atmosphere. And I like that this point total on the sheet that we're looking at has it dropped from 59 last year to 53.5, because I think that's accurate. I think it'll be right around there. In terms of where in the table, uh, yeah, maybe they could get, maybe they could turn ninth into seventh. You know, is sixth impossible? No. But you always have to remember that there will be other teams building around you and Leeds. They didn't really build much. They're kind of hoping that a lot of those guys from last year continue to get better and maybe they will in a system that they fit into. Jack Harrison now officially a Leeds player as he moves over from man city and formerly new york city fc so shout out to our mls fans there as he has uh, become a really nice player in the premier league um Stuart dallas is still they still gonna have these wingbacks pushing forward patrick bamford's goal tally fell off a cliff at one point last year but was really hot early in the season i think we'll see a little bit more of the latter than the former from him I think they'll be fine. I think they'll knock off some big teams. I think they'll finish right around 53.5 points. That's accurate to me. Uh, And that's a a complete no touch.
0: I I agree. I have them over 53 and a half, but again, that's because I'm picking, I'm picking each one. I think they get that that 55. That's what I'm seeing from this team. That number is really right where it is. I don't want to bet it, but that's what I'd put this team at. They're going to be a mid table team. They might, they might see that regression and go under. It wouldn't surprise me. This is definitely one of the diciest teams on the board, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I to be honest, Tom, if anything, I'm probably going to go under, uh, just because I, you know, that was that was an overachievement last year. I, I think some of these players will still be very good, and I, I, I'm more confident that they could finish ninth. That they could replicate that point total, if that makes sense. Um, but know, the, the, the the total here is already factored in a. Five and a half point drop, which seems about accurate to me.
0: I, I I'd be right in that same neighborhood. Like I said, I think that they're going to be like it's going to be right there. This number is just really close. I'm going to shade it to the over, but is what it is. Let's talk about Leicester next. Is 59 and a half points for them? Is their total to finish to to finish in first place? Uh, obviously, they're not pulling that off again. But fifty to one. I think this is a team poised for a regression. Finally, Uh, Jamie Vardy is still the linchpin of that offense, and he continues to get older that it's almost like in the NFL, the Tom Brady thing. I'm not comparing them in terms of their legacies. I'm comparing them in terms of the fact that they're both aged players who are starting to hit that point where you're going, Okay, when are they hitting the wall? And I think Vardy is one of those guys that's, he's not quite as old as Brady, of course, but I think this is where we start to see him slow down and they don't really have that answer to replace him. I'm taking Lester under.
1: We are on opposite sides here, as we often are on Lester. I am taking them over the 59.5 point total. They finished with 66 last year and fifth. They have now back-to-back seasons, Tom, been basically in the top four the entire season, except when the season ended. Uh, they both, both seasons, identical, both seasons, identical also because they just got slammed with injuries the last few weeks of the year in both campaigns. And I would argue that third time's not a charm for that. I think they'll actually get better injury luck this time around. Now the Vardy point is absolutely accurate. And I would be fully agreed if he didn't have a solid replacement coming along in Kalecha Iannaccio, you know, Iannaccio last year, 19 goals in all comps, Jamie Vardy seventeen in all comps. So you already started to see that shift of the goal scoring responsibilities going to Ianacho. He's not going to be able to do everything. I don't think he's going to be a superstar goal scorer. And we've seen Vardy be just that uh, for multiple seasons, including the year that they won it all. But I love a lot of these supporting guys. And I think, you know, Leicester did well to hang on to a lot of players. Maybe it's because of the times that we're in and So many clubs are in financial ruin and can't be buying players for the price that those players and their agents think that they're worth. But there was a time where a club like Leicester would not have been able to keep on Ndidi, Telemans, James Madison and Harvey Barnes. Like one or two of those players would have gone to maybe a Tottenham or a Liverpool or somewhere else up the table and I think it just kind of goes to show what the size of Leicester is as a destination at this point. I, you know, I think there's a real belief in some of these guys who are still there that they can get back into the champions league. I think there's a real belief in Brendan Rodgers, And I just think the team's actually been constructed pretty well to handle this post Jamie Vardy era, which this probably will be the last year of the, of the whole Vardy deal. So uh, he turned 35 in, in January, I believe or some point in the middle of the season. So, again, I also they, – they went out and got uh, my boy Yannick Vestergaard, who was a huge reason why I was making all those Southampton bets last year. I think it was a great improvement in their defense, too, with Ndidi in front of those guys in the base of midfield. So, I think it's a well-rounded team. I think they have good players. The big question mark is exactly what you circled, Tom, which is Vardy. And if he's still getting a lot more minutes than I two-thirds of the way through the season, we'll probably see Lester in, like, 8th. If it's Ianacho starting most of the games and all these other dudes staying healthy, I think they could compete for top four and certainly will compete for top six. Uh, in terms of what that means in points, I think 59.5 is reasonable enough. They'll be right in the mid to high 60s even uh, in terms of their point total. So give me over on that and um, a potential top four play. We have some of those numbers taken off the board right now, but if you can get good value, maybe top four, certainly top six for Lester.
0: Okay, you know what? I think you've convinced me I am really? I, changing. I am changing my stance. Give me the over in the top four as well. Because in the process here, I'm trying I'm going to And spoiler alert for you. Once we get through the rest of these teams, I intend to uh, make you give me a top four, top six and bottom three prediction. And you just made me move some stuff around on my board. That's what I'm here for, Tom. Yeah. I'll, I, I, the, the Ian Acho point is really great. I had forgotten about him. And you're right. They were able to retain a lot of those players. They did get hit with the injury bug and they did look very good last year. The only reason that they didn't finish top four was because the, the gods of soccer hate me and need Liverpool to finish in the top four, even when they did
1: not really deserve it last season. Astonishing. We're, it's a good segue because we're about to talk about Liverpool, but they, the fact that they finished ahead of Chelsea yes. <laughs> after, after you know, all of the Tuchel positivity and then the final match day comes and Oh, wait, Liverpool finished third. What? Yep. Absolutely
0: insane. Liverpool this season, 75 and a half points is their total. Last season, of course, they finished with 69, a very nice point total for them off a very ugly season. But they somehow managed to win ugly and get the results they needed. I'm completely back in the Liverpool camp, 75 and a half points. I think they're going to sail, maybe not sail past that. This is a top three, top two team in the league this season um
1: top 2 top 2 whoa possibly whoa i do not agree with that at all but so what's the, so okay let's break this down i don't i'm not entirely clear on some of the injury uh timelines is is Vir, when is virgil back let's take do a look know? at
0: the old google here for us there we go
1: <laughs> we do have a resource handy van dyke's not going to play in the opener but he
0: has been starting to get minutes again they're going to ease him back in but I, I'm not worried about him long-term and this team let's face it they just got ravaged by the injury bug in a way that we have not seen they, they, 18 19 different center back pairings that they had to use last year and the fact that they still won as much as they did yes the offense is starting to slow down Salah is getting older he's not going to do what he's done but you still have a really good front three they're going to get more service this year because the midfield isn't going to be so compacted and dropped back because of the lack of center backs. I, I think this team just returns to their winning ways. That, like, even Jurgen Klopp was frustrated last season, season saying, hey, like, we know we could do better. It's just that we're all hurt. We have so many injuries with this team. He's still one of the best coaches in England. And trust me, it kills me to say good things about Liverpool. But this is still a very good team. A really good team, and they're going to be right back up there. The fact that they finished third in a season when they had that many problems, I don't foresee that happening again.
1: It's an excellent point about Klopp. I, I think he deserved a lot of credit for them pulling up their bootstraps at the end of last season and finding a way into the Champions League. Really, really impressive, uh, and to finish ahead of Chelsea. I says as a Chelsea fan, very impressive that they pulled that off on the last match day. I, I, there's too many question marks still with them. Will Virgil Van Dyke ever be the same player? I think that's a huge part of whether or not they kind of squeak their way into fourth, or as you mentioned, maybe get into the second conversation. I think they would need a lot of different things to go right, and too many of those things have question marks for me. Virgil's one of them. You know, you, f- you mentioned that front three. Salah was was actually really good last year in a, in a challenging season. Got 31 goals in all comps. He continues. you know, I don't underrate it is probably not fair. Everyone knows Salah is a star, but like I I sometimes have to remind myself like, oh, he was awesome last year again. Uh, And he continues to be awesome. He will eventually fall off. I don't know if that happens this year or not. Sadio and Firmino did fall off last year. And will they bounce back? That's another one of the questions that I have with Liverpool. I'm not fully convinced, although getting some of these other players back around them would help. Getting the fullbacks, Andrew Robertson and... TAA back in the form that they were in two years ago and three years ago when they won the prem and the champions league respectively is huge. Getting those guys to be like real playmaking assist, making fullbacks is what this team needs again. And I'm not sure that that happens until you get the center of defense fixed, which basically Virgil needs to come back to help that they did go out and get uh, a new addition at center back in Ibrahima Konate, who they're going to try to pair with Virgil as the kind of long-term center back pairing they lost them so they lose part of the locker room um i you know so i think they'll be better they certainly uh will play better in the middle of the season than they did when they got slammed with those injuries so i guess if i'm saying they're better they finished third last year then i guess they have to finish in second but i don't think that's gonna ha- that's gonna be how this works out because i think chelsea will be better and i think man united will be at least as good if not slightly better with some of their additions um So, yeah, I think they're probably right around fourth. We'll mention the top four at the end of the show. Lester will be, of course, uh, fighting them, as I mentioned. Uh, I just, I don't know. You would need basically Robertson, TAA, Mane, Firmino, all to be back to the form that they were in two years ago. And you'd need Virgil to be back after the ACL tear and be in his same form from two years ago. Uh, that's a lot. That's half the team, that I still have ifs about if all those things come true and they could Liverpool could absolutely be second and maybe not even that far off first. So,
0: I I mean, the team clearly feels strongly about Virgil being able to do that. They just signed him to a new four year deal, but I, I don't think that that's too big of an ask. I think that everything kind of comes back to all of those injuries last season. And that when you get, when you remove that, this team will play up to a higher level. That's why I, I like them where I like them in this one. And uh, I'm going to say that they're back to their winning ways after a struggle last season that still saw them finish third.
1: Fair enough. I think that point total is high. I would uh, not touch it. Not taking the under, but not going to touch it. And uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be in the top four mix. Where? Stay tuned. We'll get into it.
0: Indeed, we will. But right now, let's talk about Manchester City. 85 and a half is their point total. give me the over. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, we're, we're not even going to talk about chance to win odds because they're, they're winning it. Because here's the thing: this team is unstoppable. And this is the worst part about the Premier League. You know, you you can say going in, you're just like, look, this team's going to do it. Two, two years ago, it was Liverpool. Yes, they had to battle City, but they felt like that team. Then last year, it was City again, and the two years before that, it was also City. It, this team has so much money. They have so much depth. You can't even talk about, well, what if they get hit with the injury bug? Because guess what? If they get hit with the injury bug, they've just got guys that can step up and do the same job. Um, if uh, Kevin De Bruyne wasn't even healthy all of last year. That didn't matter at all. They still made a Champions League final and won the league. Like This team is just ridiculous. And then you throw Jack Brelish in, you throw some of their other additions. People thought they were going to get messy at one point. This team is just better than everybody else, and we're going to see this this season. They're going to approach 100 points
1: as they run away with the league, and I don't think it's even going to be close by December. So that points total at 85.5 is basically just mirroring their total from last year, which was 86 points. I yeah. think they, they probably should have. Like, they actually under In terms of – I'd have to pull up the XG and stuff, but in terms of just some of those games when they already had it sealed up that they weren't playing as well – I, I would have argued that they should have been in the mid 90s in terms of points last year. Uh, in terms of the talent they had, in terms of finally fixing the biggest kryptonite for them, which has always been the back line, Ruben Diaz was fantastic in helping that happen, and maybe helping to fix John Stones uh, in the process as well. So I think they're going to be very good defensively again. I fully agree. By the way, just up front, they're going to hit the over on 85 and a half. I think they'll be cleanly into the 90s on points. Uh, or at least very, very close to 90. They will hit the over there. I, you know, I, If I can play devil's advocate for just a second, the one thing, the only thing that you can point to with City, look, they brought in Grealish. He's a, a fantastic goal scorer and a fantastic playmaker. They have Kevin De Bruyne, who's a fantastic playmaker and goal scorer. They have Raheem Sterling, who can score goals. He scored 20 Premier League goals two years ago, scored a lot less last year, uh, and then had a very good Euros this summer. They have plenty of dudes. I would still argue though, Tom, they don't have a traditional quote unquote center forward who I adore. Does that matter? Probably not in terms of a lot of their domestic ambitions, in terms of winning the prem, maybe they throw in a league or FA cup as well, but you know, the Harry Kane thing, it seems absolutely insane that they would (laughs) be able to get Harry Kane also, but without him, I would still argue they don't have a consistent guy to just kind of hang out at the top of the pitch and put the ball in the back of the net. They have dudes who are hybrid I, players, right? They have a Grealish who is like a, a 10, a 9 and a half hybrid. They have De Bruyne who can score some of the most beautiful goals you've ever seen, but is really a passer first. Same with I mean, Sterling, you can, who is really a, a
0: passer first. You Go can ahead. play a false nine and be just fine. My problem for this team is the fact that you look at some of the players who were some of their best players last season who might not crack the starting lineup now consistently because this team just keeps adding so much ridiculous depth. They, financial fair play seems like a whole lot of malarkey to me <laughs> because this team has been able to just run away with buying whatever they want.
1: So you, you mentioned that depth. Uh, <laughs> Riyad Mahrez, just go, listener, this is at listener go to YouTube and just search Riyad Mahrez high, career highlights. Look at some of this dude's highlight reels and then understand that he's going to play like a max 10 minutes a game for Man City this year. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. insane. Yeah, no, I look, they, I, at the end of the day, they have enough to get it done. If somehow they get Kane, which at this point, I guess we're, I don't know if you're in agreement. We, we, don't, we, we have the same sources, I would imagine. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to get Kane this year, but there's still time in the window. Who knows? Uh, I, as you say, the finances of it all, it doesn't seem like there are any restrictions on them or PSG at this point. Um, But uh, yeah, they have enough. I think they will win the title. Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, whoever you're trying to make the case for as a challenger would need to be just about perfect in order to keep track with them. Uh, And I think they'll have just enough curveballs, all three of those teams to where they're going to fall off them. Uh, by the middle of the season, it wouldn't shock me to be halfway through the season and still see a kind of real title race. Maybe two, three, four teams. That wouldn't shock me, but I do think City ultimately pulls away and could win it by eight to ten points again.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. This team, this team could win it by more than that. I think the league is relatively over by December, which is really unfortunate. But I'm just, I'm just not seeing. I, I'm not. I'm not seeing anyone that that can compete with a team this insane. Those are my thoughts. That, those are my thoughts. There for City. Let's look across the um, across the pond. Across the I, what? What would you even call it? What is the body of water in Manchester? Yeah. Is there a body of water that we can look across? Let's look across the way to Manchester United. Um, mark this team for a regression this year for me. That's my hot take. They, they were awarded a significant number of penalties over the last two seasons. In 2019, 2020, they were awarded more than any team in league history. Last season, they were awarded one after a game had ended, and that was just the perfect, in a nutshell, this Manchester United team. They benefited greatly from a lot of big VAR decisions. This team had luck on their side, and I think that that starts to regress a little bit. They haven't quite gotten as better as some of these other teams that we're looking at and I don't think that they've do what they did last year and finish in second, especially with Liverpool and Chelsea both getting better and a couple other of those teams at the top looking decent. They're sitting they reg- at a, they're sitting at 74 and a half points on their total. I, I'm giving them under.
1: I think they regress a little also but probably not as much as you do. like I, I, they finished with 74 points last year. I think they finished right around there again. And so I wouldn't touch the points total. I obviously bringing in Jaden Sancho is very exciting. They might still be able to get the Veron deal out over the finish line. Harry Maguire, if he plays like he did in some of those Euros games, is one of the better center backs in the world. The problem is we don't see that with Man United very often. He falls apart. Luke Shaw has become amazing again, uh, but is not going to help with the central defense as much. Uh, Obviously, so many exciting players in terms of the playmaking when Paul Pogba is freed from being an anchor and can actually get forward. Look, this dude is so much fun to watch. We saw what happened with Bruno Fernandez, although a lot of that was just scoring penalties. Good playmaker, though, as well. Uh, They have a ton of dudes, you know, Cavani is old, but can still put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, Obviously, they still have Marcus Rashford. I think it'll be a fun team. I think they'll regress a little bit. My biggest concern with them has been the concern since he took over and it's only Gunnar Solskjaer. I don't think he is that good of a manager. He's not, he's a gym teacher. He's a gym teacher. (laughs) You couldn't have said it better myself, Mr. Viola. So uh, I, does that matter when you have great players? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And you know, for United, yeah. Okay. They got to second last year, but I don't think there's anything for that team last season that, you know, a Manchester United fan who's 35 years old is going to be celebrating, right? Like this is still a club that has much higher aspirations. And I think they miss out on them again this year. Uh, Despite having a solid enough year, I think they'll finish in third or fourth. And like I've said, different from you, I think we will have a title race in the first few months of the season. So I think they'll be involved in that. Um, I just ultimately The big question at the end of this campaign is going to be, can they finally move on from Solskjaer? Will they? Will they stick with him? Those are the questions I'm asking, but uh, I don't like anything on that points number, and I like them to probably just do enough to finish in the top four.
0: I will say if they do that, then they're going to stay with Solskjaer.
1: Fourth and 74 points? Yeah. Yeah. Mediocrity, baby. So, so Manchester United, the new. Man, man, hang on, Manchester United, the the new Arsenal of like twenty uh, thirteen. Is that what we're yeah saying? like okay. like like mediocrity, but still top four. I think yeah. they're going to take that right now. Especially, I mean,
0: unless you're willing to spend x amount of dollars more than they already are, I think they're setting up something for a little later down the the down the line. Right now, they don't need to be going out and getting a premier manager. And building up this team to go for a title run because they see what City's done, and they're like, "Well, we can't compete with that right now." But we bring in Jaden Sancho, and we're going to buy him, quote unquote, on the cheap because this guy's going, his value is going to take off even more so than it already is. He's going to become a better player than he is today, and I think they're trying to set themselves up for something a couple years down the road when this City team starts to wane.
1: Interesting. So I, I I could see that it is interesting to think about like their aspirations versus someone like Chelsea, who actually internally seems to really believe that they could overtake City this year. And maybe maybe part of that is just beating them in the Champions League final. It gives you some whether you're earned or false confidence. I don't know. Um, I mean,
0: they're they're not doing that. Like this team is too insane, but they could beat them in the one offs. I think that Chelsea's best bet is in fact looking to the other tournaments
1: to pick up silverware again win the Champions League again? Well, so my point on that, though, is not that I think Chelsea will do it, just that they wouldn't have gone out and overspent or spent at least a huge amount of money on Lukaku if they didn't think they had a chance to catch him. I don't think they would have made that buy. you know? So I, I think internally, Chelsea believed that they could get at least close. You know, I don't, I, I'm with you. Like City is is a, a league above the rest of this, the rest of these 19. But I think Chelsea... Compared to what you were just saying about Manchester United, and I agree, uh, I think Chelsea have have slightly higher um, I don't know, aspirations this season, I guess. By the way, River Irwell, Tom. River Irwell splits the city of Manchester in two. So there you go. There we go.
0: That's that's a trivia question right there. Yeah. All right, Newcastle. Oof. That oof is right.
1: 37 oh, so- <laughs> and a half points. <laughs> what about this team is good? <laughs> well i had to I, I had to like really like hit myself on the head a couple of times and try to get any kind of sense memory of what newcastle was last year because i just completely forgotten they had completely fallen out of my brain uh, and i was like wait did they get relegated no no they, they had actually like a nice little run to kind of survive and then they did i yeah,
0: don't they know they held man. on but they were yeah, in a battle
1: they, um, well, so they ultimately finished as 12th, uh, which I,
0: <laughs> they which did, I, but they I, were close not far, right? yeah, of not far off
1: points wise anyway, but I, I would guess. So by the way, 37 and a half, you mentioned it 45 last year. So the books are expecting a big drop-off from that point. Total 37.5 is a relegation zone number, or at least close to it. I don't know if they're going to be bad enough to get relegated. What do you think?
0: I'm going over on the point total because, like you said, relegation zone number. I think that they finish in that 15-14 spot that's just safe, but they're gonna they're they're one of the teams that's gonna scrape this year. I just don't like them to be one of the teams that goes
1: down. So I'm going over on that number. Plus two twenty five to go down, same price as Burnley. You would of course take the clarets over them to go down, right? Indeed. Yeah. We are in agreement there. We will give our full three uh, official relegation prediction here at the end of the show. But I don't really have much else to say about Newcastle other than gross. There's very little to say about Newcastle. I'm sure you have a lot to say about your former boys, though.
0: Southampton up next, 43 and a half points. Oh, boy. What are we looking at here?
1: It's another one of these where the book is basically giving the number they finished with last year, finished with 43, finished in 15th. This is a team I had a top six bet on. I had a top 10 bet on both fell completely apart and they were in third, a couple of months into the season. I think it's about time for things to completely fall apart for Southampton. You know, the, the, what the priorities are for this club are always a little bit confusing Clearly, they're continuing to put the focus on the academy, which they've done for 20 years now. They're reinvesting these player sales, by the way, losing two of their best players, Danny Ings, their best goal scorer, and Yannick Vestergaard, their best defender, sold them both. Ings to Aston Villa, Vestergaard to Leicester, we mentioned that. That alone isn't great. They're going to put that money instead right back into the academy and try to get some of these young guys going. I just, I, I don't really see it with Southampton in any way this year. The big argument with them is James Ward-Prowse has actually kind of reached the level that the hype around him as a kid at the academy level was, which is huge, doesn't happen very often. And it's been a rare example for Southampton of a dude to come out of their youth movement and actually stick around. And he's been rewarded with it with the new contract and has been playing very, very well um, I just don't think James Ward-Prowse is going to be enough on his own to get Southampton into any kind of heights this year. And, in fact, I think they're going to be right there in the mix uh, for the relegation zone. I think 43.5 points is way too high, Tom, if I'm being honest. And I'm going under on the points, and that R word is not far off for them. I think they're going to be bad. I mean, they still have Danny Ings. They don't. They don't. They don't. You're right. Villa. Yeah. So they, they, I mean, this is the thing with, with, with the saints. Like, I don't know who they're trying to be. They went out and got a Chelsea uh, kid who I really like uh, an 18 year old uh, Tino, but that I don't even think he's going to be senior team ready this year. So I don't, they went out and got a couple of other kids as well. They're clearly trying to kind of, as I said, reinvigorate the youth movement. But if you go down, it doesn't matter. You lose everyone, including James Ward-Prowse. So uh, I think that they're going to be in trouble.
0: I, I think so too. I have them under their point total. This team is bad. Um, they, They're they never going to see that height that they saw third place in October of 2020 ever again. I don't think so. Well,
1: I, I'm wondering if we can get action on them going a third season in a row, uh, giving up nine goals in a game. I don't know if any books are offering up that play, but feel free to contact me if you'd like some action with me. All right. Let's talk about
0: another team that, uh, Another team, look, a lot of questions here that I have for this Spurs side, 59 and a half points at their total. My hot take here is give me the under. I think that this team, I mean, you look at them last season, finished in seventh with 62 points. They, I, I don't like them. I don't like Spurs. Nudo uh, Espirito is your your manager now. That's not giving me any any sort of warm feelings coming in. Um, what about this team is that like Your star player doesn't want to be there.
1: I, I have to go under too. I mean, that, that's the problem with it right now. They are the ultimate question mark team. I, I said that Liverpool were. I think Spurs are even more so because we're rec- at the time of recording right now, Tom. It's possible when listeners are hearing us that Harry Kane is in Paris or so I don't yeah I don't I don't know if any team's can afford Harry Kane at this point. It's part of the issue with the whole transfer saga. But if he does play this year, you said it, he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> so that's an issue. Uh, he basically is showing up to camp like when he wants. I don't know if he's playing this weekend or not. I have no idea. Uh, they do still have Sun Hyung-min, who is a, a borderline superstar, really really good player. They do not have Gareth Bale anymore. Bale was a big part of what they were doing late in the season. He actually kind of lived up to the name recognition there. Uh, 16 goals, three assists, and just 34 games all comps last year. Pretty solid return. He goes back to Real Madrid. Speaking of teams you don't want to play for. And they don't have him anymore. They did some other moves to kind of get rid of Eric Lamella. They brought in Christian Romero for a lot of money from Atalanta. Not a move I adore for that much money. Almost $50 million on the transfer fee. I'm a little bit more into Nuno than you are, Tom. I don't, you know, you never know with these guys how they're going to translate from a smaller club to a bigger one. You have so many more responsibilities as a manager at a place like Tottenham than you do at Wolves. Uh, You know, you're on way more phone calls with the board and the ownership and all of that. And that's a different type of job. You have different price tags on the types of players that you're asking for. And he inherits a team, like you say, in complete turmoil, losing big players, superstar unhappy and he's never managed a club of this size it's going to take some time at the the biggest compliment i could give to tottenham is it's going to be a quote-unquote transition at the beginning and they end up figuring it out as the season goes along i just don't see enough players there (laughs) to get it done so 59 and a half that's enough i have to keep double checking that's a big number uh you know they finished with 62 last year they finished in seventh could they get to 62? Sure. Wouldn't be shocking at all. But I I would lean in under there as well, Tom.
0: I'm, I'm glad we're in agreement on this. I just don't see what excites me about this team. Watford, 34 and a half. This is the only number where I'm going to say push. <laughs> Obviously can't push a 34, but I, they, they're not. The Sir Elton Johns are not that good. I believe that they will be going down. Um, 34 and a half Sounds around the number To me I don't think they're going to excite People I think that they're going to be the team That goes down
1: from last season Real candidate to finish in last If you can get any kind of plus price To have them finish in last directly Maybe consider that uh, which actually You would definitely get a plus price because They're only minus 110 right now to go down Which again like we don't like those kinds of numbers For year-long plays Minus 110 to finish anywhere in the bottom three I mean I think they they will. I, I'd be really, really surprised if Watford can survive this. You cannot play an under 34.5 points. You just can't do it. It's too low of a number. Uh, or you know, you can. I would not recommend it because they could totally finish with 36 and it'd be like a 36, 37, 39 point relegation drop, and they're still in last. Um, having said all that, I think they probably are on paper the worst team in the league coming back into this season. I would say that Brentford. Are uh, probably the second worst on paper, but a lot of that is just championship dudes who I frankly don't know. Uh, and similar case with Watford. But uh, yeah, I don't need to touch any of that.
0: Yeah, th- there's nothing. There's nothing worth touching there. I do believe that they are going to go down. Last place is reasonable. They're not who I have in last, but I, 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 yeah, that's all you can say about this team. Let's move on to West Ham. <laughs> one of the surprises of last season they're at 50 and a half now what, what do you think can they can they duplicate last season's sixty five point six place finish they're in the they're in the Europa League right
1: which is probably a bad thing usually for yeah. teams of that size you play a lot more soccer i uh i think so they'll I- get eliminated early and that'll be okay that would be great for them if they can, you know, it's, it's a weird thing where it's like, you want to win it or you want to get eliminated early. You don't want a quarterfinal run that just yeah. decimates the team in, in terms of your domestic performances. I have, I have two conflicting takes on West Ham and, and both are going to make sense. So one is that I think that they hit the over on these points, 50.5 points. I think they come in over. Uh, and the main reason there is that is a huge regression From the 65 they had last year. I understand regression arguments for that, for this team, 15 points. You have to be a decimated roster to drop off by 15 points. I don't think they're going to be that much worse. Tom. I really don't. I still like their starting 11. Now they haven't done much business this summer, as we've continued to say for a lot of these teams, Um, the players that they do have, they still might be losing Declan rice after some England caps in the summer. And a lot of teams are interested in him, you know, the Chelsea thing kind of fell through, but there are other teams that want him. Thomas Suchak had his coming out party last year and will probably still be very good this year. We saw him in the Euros as well this summer. Um, the, the most frightening thing for me with West Ham, if you're trying to just stay away from West Ham action, is they used 24 players last year. That is a uh, few, only leads were fewer with 23 used in the entire season. So they were using these same guys in a season with really condensed schedules, right? A lot of weeks with two games a week. It wouldn't shock me to see it be a kind of a a slow start for West Ham as a lot of these tired legs are trying to get back into it. And it seems like a team that really needed some reinforcements and they didn't do much of that at all this summer. So still a couple of weeks left as we record here in mid-August. They very well may and probably will bring in a couple of other pairs of legs. Um, But as things stand, a pretty thin squad, and we've seen what happens to teams like Leicester, who have good starting 11s, but just are not deep enough uh, in a 38-game season. That's the concern with West Ham. I wouldn't touch them on a top four or a top six, or really a top anything. I don't want to put them anywhere in the table. But I do think, just on principle, if you see a 15-point drop in the books for a team that still has a solid starting 11, I think you consider an over. So I'm going to go over West Ham at 50 and a half points, even though it's a team I don't love for any other plays.
0: Um, I'm in almost complete agreement with you here, which happens an awful lot on this show. West Ham 50. You're right. A 15 point drop-off doesn't make sense for this team. I am worried about them having the Europa League and not having the depth. My hope is that they get eliminated early, but I'll go over on that, which brings us to our final team here. The wolves. They had a brutal season last year, obviously losing Jimenez early to that skull fracture. He's coming back which is great to see eight months after that. Awesome to see him coming back into the lineup. Who knows what kind of player he's going to be, but this team sits at 44 and a half points. What do you make of them?
1: It's another one where the point total is right where they finished last year. They finished on 45 points. No more Nuno. I think it's a bit of a transition year. I, you know, I don't 13th. I don't think they finished worse than 13th this season. I mean, we've seen them finish We've seen them make the Europa League and actually make a very deep run in the Europa League, I believe, making the semifinals. Um, So we've seen them do really big things with Nuno. I don't know this time around, uh, as Bruno Laje Laje comes in, another Portuguese manager, uh, if the same deal is going to continue you know, Jimenez, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see with him, right? Like, I don't, we don't know if he'll ever be the same player. He was awesome when he was one of the better goal scorers in this league uh, before he had that terrible head injury. Great to see him back training and, and almost ready to go. I, I, I think it's got to be a full no touch. I know it's a boring way to finish on the, on the totals here, but they're not going to go down. They're not going to compete for Europe. Very much a mid-table team here. Could they regress from 13th? Maybe, but they just, they got decimated by injuries last season. And if anything, they're going to have a little bit of better injury luck. So uh, yeah, maybe a lean on the over just because of what I just mentioned, but maybe 48 points instead of forty-four and a half. and a half. I don't, you know, nothing way over, nothing I feel strongly about.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm in the same boat. It's an overplay for me, but only slightly. I don't think they're a relegation team. I think some people do think that they could be a candidate for that. I think they'll be okay right in that 12 to 15 range where they're not really fighting for it, but they might have to sweat it out a little bit. 44 and a half sounds about right. I'll, I'll, I'll take the over on that. All right, Taylor, let's start with the bottom three. Who's dropping for you? Give me all three
1: teams. In order, 20th place, Watford, 19th place, Burnley, 18th place, Crystal Palace. Those are my bottom three. I am going to do one newly promoted, as my research found is usually the case for how many go back down in a relegation spot. I don't know a ton about a lot of these Watford guys, and I'm just going on inexperience as far as them finishing in last. Sorry to the fighting, Sir Elton John's. 19th, Burnley. We talked about it earlier in the show. It's just due, you know, like we see this with teams who year after year find ways to survive and it's commendable. You know, Burnley represents a town of 65,000 people. It's very impressive that they've spent this much time in the Premier League. I just think it's time. They don't have enough quality. Nick Pope, one goalie is just not enough. I don't think this year to keep them alive. And then 18th Palace, Zaha is going to have to score 35 goals and 28 assists and he can barely stay healthy and stay on the pitch to even get half of that. I, uh, I don't like anything about Palace. I didn't like them the last couple of years. And I think the bottom finally falls out from under them. So, Palace 18th, Burnley 19th, and Watford 20th. Those are the relegated sides. All right. Well, we're.
0: <laughs> Agreement? Same three. Oh, wow. Same three, different okay. order. I'm going in descending order. Burnley, Watford, Palace is my worst team. OK, I think the Burnley is the team that's just barely there and gets the drop last Watford and Palace are going to be duking out at the bottom. But I think the Palace is just so bad and Zaha can't stay healthy and he's all that they have going for him this year.
1: Give me them as the worst team this season. All right. Congratulations to this season's top three. I guess Palace is winning the Premier League. <laughs> Burnley going to finish in third. And congrats to Watford. Wow. And finishing in second as a newly promoted. Great stuff.
0: G- going to be some lit Champions League in the next yeah. <laughs> year. <laughs> All,
1: right. All right. Top six.
0: It is time. Let's do it. Top six for this season. Locking it in now at sixth place. Give me the West Ham Hammers.
1: Hey, uh... Yeah, so we you know, we were talking off air like, wow, it, the, the top five, it's going to make sense. There's a Yeah, logical top five top makes five. sense. As far as what the order is, we'll have different orders, but I think we're in agreement on the top five. But sixth is a total crapshoot because neither of us wanted the North London teams. We want to keep Spurs and Arsenal completely out of this. Yep. It wouldn't shock me if Spurs, you know, if they hang on to Harry Kane, it wouldn't shock me if Spurs finished sixth, but I think there's a lot that would have to go right. And And very very rarely do things go right first. Exactly. And a lot has to go right for West Ham too, but we've seen it go right. We saw it happen just last year when that starting 11 is clicking. They're a very good team. So I think it's logical enough. I don't want to copy you. And so I'm going to do something that just makes you as livid as possible. Uh, This was a team that I did not. I have listed on my sheet probably over, but when we hashed it out, it did not take them as an over on the uh, 52 and a half points that we had listed on the board Oh no! out of virtue of just having nobody else to choose. And I'm so sorry to you, Tom, I'm choosing the toffees of Everton football club to finish in sixth place. Congratulations on the Europa league. It doesn't make any sense. I haven't loved their summer moves. James, as you've said, we don't know if he'll play soccer again. Richarlison is on the back of playing uh, in every single competition imaginable. And yet, and they have a new manager. All of this stuff means that there's no way Everton will have a good season. And that means that they will. Everton in sixth place. I agree with your logic, but because you have spoken it into existence, they shall now be relegated. Yes. This is how it goes. If I had it just written on the paper, if I took the play, I'd be in good shape. I have now spoken it and the curse has been lit. Exactly.
0: This This is Everton at its finest. The juju is always a mystery. All right. Fifth place. I guarantee we don't have the same team.
1: No.
0: Guaranteed. Manchester United, fifth wow. place. They're, the regression is going to be real. They're not going to get the VAR luck. I think that the injury bug might hit them a little bit this season. That's, my, that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on them being the snake-bitten team this year. Give me, man, you on the regression. I don't see them being that second-place team that they
1: were last year. The VAR luck thing is is just a fact. Like the the regression will happen in terms yeah. of less penalties for, for United this year. It will. I will guarantee it. The injury regression is harder to, uh, to to predict. Predict. I you know it could happen. They were certainly injury lucky last year for the most part. I uh, I, I think both of those are fair points. I love them bringing in Sancho. If they bring in Veron also. And I don't know, I keep getting fooled by Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw when they go into these tournaments and look like superstars like they did with England this past summer, although we've seen it with Shaw more with United. Last season, we saw it less with Harry Maguire. I think they're going to fix some of those defensive things. I'm still worried about what they do in midfield because the way that the team is created, they still need Paul Pogba to play a little bit out of position. And if Pogba even plays a little bit like he doesn't want to play, He's a completely different player. You need to make Mm -hmm. him like totally happy in order for him to be a superstar. Otherwise, he's the complete opposite. He's one of those guys. Uh, And I'm not sure which version we'll get, but it seems more likely that in a United shirt, we'll see the bad version than the good uh, when he's playing out of position. So all of those are fair points. Uh, I just don't really love the next two teams that I have in the table to leap them. So I in fifth place and going with Liverpool. Uh, wow. I think I think Liverpool and again this is not like I think it's a guarantee. This is more that there are too many things that I need answered from this team this season. Now you could argue well they had all those injuries last year and they finished 3rd how are they going to finish two places behind? I'm not going to call it a fluke that they finished in 3rd last year, but I I don't know. I'm not even sure that I see them finishing in fit this time around as as like a major regression. I just I think a lot of the luck stuff will help out Leicester. A lot of the luck stuff will help out Chelsea and the fact that they get a new goal scorer. United and Pool, could you flip those? And in your case, you are, uh, or probably are. Sure, you could. I think three through five will be very, very close, like within a game's worth of points. Uh, and ultimately, I think Poole misses out in fifth. I have no idea what their defense is going to be like. I'm not convinced that it's going to be ready to go just right at the start of the season this time around with the new transfer and with getting Virgil van Dyke healthy. And it's possible that we never see the same Andrew Robertson and TAA that we did two years ago when they were like the best assist makers in the world as fullbacks. Uh, So yeah, still have that front three, two thirds of it dropped off last year. Salah will drop off at some point. I think they'll be solid. I don't think they'll be a real title contender, and I think they finish fifth.
0: All right. You, you, you have a mercy side Europa, spot, uh, Europa League for next season. Exactly. I, did not see, I, I did not see that coming. If anything for me, my, I, what I could see most reasonably happening is my fourth and fifth place teams being swapped. I could see Man U getting that spot and taking it from my fourth place team, Leicester.
1: You converted me. You converted me here.
0: This is totally on you. You're right. (laughs) Ianacho is that answer for Vardy. They were able to retain a lot of this core. They've been able to add a little bit more depth. I think this is the year that they crack back
1: into that top four. So we both are in full agreement there. I have Lester exactly at fourth place. They would have had multiple champions league appearances uh, back to back going into this season. Had they not had those injury bugs at the end of the season and, basically lost it on the final match day, both years uh, mm-hmm. in a row. I think they finally get over the hump this year. Now, look, there is a lot of pressure on you your shoulders. He has, he's not going to have had that kind of pressure before he had it a little bit, got a taste of it when he was at man city. But again, man city has so many guys that even if you're asked to be one of the goal scorers, there are other dudes who are going to take that pressure off of you at Lester is going to be asked to be more of the guy in terms of goal production. Cause so many of those other players, make their mark with playmaking. That would be my concern. Is he up to the challenge? But we saw last year, you know, the numbers are moving in the right direction in terms of his scoring. And I think the rest of the team uh, is constructed in a very smart way. Give me a West fourth place.
0: All right. By the way, I do apologize if you can hear the dog barking in the background. My uh, neighbor got a puppy and it's finally finding its voice. So we've been dealing with that lately, but no big deal. All right third place for me none other i'm sorry taylor it's your boys i think chelsea is in third this season
1: i I, nothing i despise about that i'll just throw my third out as i already alluded to is man united uh in third this time around they'll be dropping a place i think chelsea can finish third i think chelsea is finishing exactly second or third uh it's gonna be one of those two places Um, I I would maybe be a little bit less shocked than you if Chelsea makes it a real title race. I don't think they're going to win it. Uh, I I, I don't think it would be insane to see them two thirds of the way through the season, four points behind city. I don't think that's as crazy as you do. Um, But I don't think they're going to win it. I think they finish either second or third. I have them in second. I have United in third. And ultimately, I just think Chelsea's better than United Liverpool Leicester Leicester because they're going to be an elite defense again, which is something that you can replicate. And when you can replicate that and pair it with an elite goal scorer, which to me is a bigger question mark than for some, a lot of people are assuming that Lukaku is going to come in and give 30 goals. But even if he gives 20 in the league, that is such a huge upgrade. And I don't know if everyone's aware of what Chelsea did last year with a lot of good players, but really no one consistently scored. They had Jorginho with seven goals as the team's leading goal scorer Thanks. and most of those, if not every one, were from the penalty spot. So they had no one, you know, even some of the best players, Mason Mount, one of the best players for Chelsea last year, not really a goal scorer, you know, it's just not what he does. Um, even when Timo played well, didn't get the goals. Kai Havertz scored the winner in the, in the Champions League final. I think Chelsea are going to be hoping for more goals from him this year but his role is constantly changing in the team. Sometimes he plays as like the fourth highest player on the pitch and isn't even in goal-scoring positions. So I think Chelsea will, again, be very good defensively. We'll see if the goals come. I think they'll come more than last year. And ultimately, I think that's good enough for second place.
0: I mean, I don't hate any of what you're saying. Obviously my second place team here by process of elimination is in fact Liverpool. I think that, like you said, your point about defense being something you can replicate Liverpool has a very great defense. That was just a mash unit last season. I think that they, I am banking on this Liverpool team coming back. They're not as good as city. I think they're right there with Chelsea. I think that the top three is going to be, City's going to run away with it. Spoiler for who my champion is. Um, I'm sure that that's a big reveal there. I um,
1: thought it was Newcastle.
0: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, I think that Chelsea and Liverpool are going to be bu- decently behind City, but very close to each other.
1: Okay, I see. Like I that's, think that's how what, I'm seeing the table. I think that's what... Uh, so I see the table more as I think Chelsea could be pretty close to City. Uh, for some of it, and then kind of fall off in the last month. Uh, And actually then there being another gap and three through five being relatively close United, Leicester and Liverpool. So we see those, we have the same top five. We see them in pretty different ways, same champion, same top five, but different little spaces in two through five.
0: Indeed. It's going to be, no matter what Taylor, it's going to be a very interesting season. It's very fun to be getting back on the wagon That being said, I'm also in the middle of betting some preseason football right now because I am a degenerate. Um, It's going to be a fun year. I think that I'm most looking forward to. I fully believe that we are going to have a better year than we did last year, partially because we can't possibly get that much worse, but also because I think fans are coming back. I think that um, as we depart from the COVID reality and get back to something a little more normal, I think that we are going to be seeing more of a league that we can get a read on this season the first few weeks are probably going to be a little rough but i am very excited for betting this year and i'm very much looking forward to it it's going to be a fun season and i can't wait to be there with you
1: should be a thrill tom i'm looking forward to it as well uh let me ask you really quick because we both think city will win this and they've won it you know uh three of the last four before this season at what point so let's say city wins it the next three years in a row uh, coming off of this year. Like, is it going to affect people's interest in the EPL? Because the premier league's thing has always been, it's the deepest league. It's the league where week in, week out, you can see someone knock off a big team. You can see competitive games in the mid table, but without a title race, like, is that intrigue still there for you? And do you think the public is going to stay on? I,
0: I am not very intrigued at all by this premier league season. Um, I was actually, and I'm going to name drop here a little bit. Uh, during here the gold go. <laughs> cup, dur- during the gold cup, I sat down with uh, John strong Fox's leading play-by-play guy and Alexi Lawless, who of course needs no introduction. And what we talked about, and I think it was John that pointed this out, but we all had the relative same take. MLS is the most entertaining soccer league in the world. That is a belief that I have. It, it firm i will stand by that take it's not just a hot take it is the only league where every season every single team can go we have a shot this year premier league does not have that it's never had that and that is one of my biggest problems with it but this year more than ever teams are saying we have no shot. And the worst part for this year is it appears that teams don't have a shot at the champions league either because PSG is just going to be so insane, Uh, but it's a very big problem. I mean, every year it's not like it's not like Wolf supporters are going out and saying, all right, here we go. This is the season we're getting, we're, we're winning the league. There, there are teams that just go, we're happy to finish 10th. 10th is what we're looking for. That's not exciting. That's not fun. That doesn't get me excited to watch. Certainly as an Everton fan this year, I am not nearly as excited to go out and watch this league. The saving grace is betting because betting this league is the only thing that is keeping it interesting for me and for a lot of people because we're going to be able to go out and say, okay, well, how are we making money this season? And the fact that it's going to be a little more predictable in my opinion is going to really, really help in terms of us trying to make some money. First few weeks, I think that we're going to need to get our head, get our feet on the ground, figure out what the lay of the land is. But betting is going to be that thing that keeps this league entertaining because it makes that 10th versus 15th match that much more interesting to watch. And it's what's going to give us something to really follow throughout this season.
1: Well, and fans being back helps those games too, right? Like the 10th versus 15th. I mean, 15th, today. Yeah. Today was fantastic. Exactly. So that's the kind of stuff I, I still absolutely adore that kind of stuff in the prem and will with the fans being back this year, good MLS take. I don't, I don't hate the MLS take. Uh, All I would say though, is like the prem it's yeah. It's never been a a league where going into the year wolves has a chance to win it all, but there have been years where we're like, Oh, we're going to get a true three horse race this year. And then you get it. And then you actually get it. Like now it's been a while since the city dominance has happened, but in the two thousands and the early 2010s, that's what this league was. It was. Yeah. But your, your question, your question to me was, of course. Yeah. It, it city's bad for the league, in my opinion. Awful. Awful. Yeah. Um, Now, can we make some money in the minus one and a half goal spreads with city this year? Absolutely. So I'm with you on the gambling ticket. I think that they're going back to what because last year was different for
0: city. Yes. They still won it all.
1: A lot but, of one nils at what Yeah. They had that yeah. stretch. Yeah.
0: I think, I think this season we see them go back to that. We're going to bulldoze some teams, but their defense is also going to be better, which is scary.
1: Well, it's good. That's good. So we'll, we'll start to look at, you know, like a, a two, a 2.75, a two and a half, those crazy <laughs> spread numbers. We're going to be getting uh, some cocky cap spreads and Hey, we exactly. got World Cup qualifiers coming up yes. in a couple of weeks. Yes. We will definitely be touching that here on the show.
0: Indeed. All right, Taylor. I think that is going to wrap it up here for us. There you have it, folks. That is our Premier League breakdown. Best of luck this season. You know we will be right there with you betting it. Let us know who you have. Obviously, we all know who you probably have winning the league. But let us know your thoughts on top four, top six, who's going down, where you have teams finishing. Let us know online. Head on to the Bird app. Go on to Twitter. You can follow me at TV at work. You can follow Taylor. A-T-L-T-Will, one L apiece. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us here this week. Best of luck with your betting, and we'll talk to you next week as we break down week two of the Premier League life. Have a good one.